Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome back to this week's episode of Mill Liberty. I'm your host Caleb Franz, this is the voice of liberty for a new generation. I'm thrilled to have you here this week. Uh, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Thank you for being a part of our audience and, and growing our network. We have some really great plans ahead of us and we have some really great episodes and events uh, going to be occurring in the very near future and uh, you are helping us accomplish all of that. So this is truly, while this is my show, it's also your show as well because you're the ones who are helping uh, build it and helping uh, put it out there. So so thank you for that. Uh, today we're going to have a very good and, and juicy episode, one that we haven't really, we haven't, I don't think we've touched on this at all um, in, in any of our previous episodes, um, but this one's going to be really good. We are going to be talking about not the State of the Union, <laughs> because everyone under the sun is talking about that, and quite honestly, nothing is really original. There's, I mean, you all know my opinions on on the president, um, and and if you really are, if you really care that much about what I thought about the State of the Union, then just go look at my Twitter feed because I was uh, tweeting it as it was happening last night. Um, there were some good things, there were some bad. Nothing terribly impressive other than I can't believe that Trump uses inside voice uh, for, for for first time and I think ever um, <laughs> but this week no we're not going to be talking about the state of the Union this week we're going to be talking about something a lot more uh, interesting I think and that is the uh, the Koch brothers yes the the left's favorite billionaire boogeyman that they that they love to hate so much. And we're going to be getting getting into a little bit of why they hate them because I it's to me it's really perplexing. It, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense because honestly, the Koch brothers um, have more in line. The left is more in line with the Koch brothers than they are with Donald Trump, and the left is certainly more in line with the Koch brothers than they are with with uh, dozens of other uh, billionaires that I could just name off the top of my head. Uh, who happen also to be a little bit more conservative in nature. Uh, I guess that is the benefits of being libertarian, but the left doesn't really care about that. They're not really too concerned about building bridges. Um, but we're going to get into a little bit of that and explain why they should be concerned about bi building bridges, because honestly, the Koch brothers uh, take up and, and champion more of their leftist causes then I think anybody, uh, any of their ideological heroes and in Congress would ever do, especially in a practical sense. Sure, you can make certain legislation, or sure, sure you can, you know, there's, there's a, a few times where you can point to a few different senators or state reps or even congressmen um, about them doing the right thing on, on certain issues, but honestly, it's, it's a real, it's, it's not that often. It's it's more often not, um, and it's very ironic that the people who the left, including people like Bernie Sanders, who made an entire video for some reason um, around the government shutdown uh, this just a couple weeks ago, about how it's the Koch brothers who shut the government down, despite the fact that he voted for the government shutdown. It was the Koch brothers that shut the government down. Uh, I think that's so just bizarre with their 
infatuation with with these with these billionaires. So why them specifically? Um, so I have a list of about f- uh, four or five different areas that I want to cover about liberal causes that the Koch brothers champion and why the left should applaud them for these causes that they champion because they are making a better, more reasonable Republican Party out of it. They are making a Republican Party that the left should want to work with on certain areas just because they they put their money behind certain Republican candidates does not mean at all that they're Republicans. Quite the contrary. In fact, it's very well known that the Koch brothers are very libertarian, and this creates very unique opportunities to to uh, to champion different uh, different areas that other Republican billionaires would never even think about uh, championing, especially those on the on the Trump train or even neocons, because they they are certainly not Trumpy conservatives. They, in fact, I, I believe um, almost certainly that they were adamantly against President Trump. I don't know who they voted for, I, and I quite frankly don't care because that, that that's meaningless to me, who, who you voted for in the election. Um, but they're not Trump conservatives. They, they practically wanted literally anyone else to win the election than Trump. And they're not neocons um, because they have been railing against uh, against many of the, the causes that neocons have, have took up to include wars and, and civil liberties, um, even during the Bush years. And that was at the at the peak of neoconservative power. So let's get into a few of those reasons as to why leftists should be should love and be thankful that the Koch brothers are around to steer the Republican Party in a more sane and more reasonable direction. I love the Koch brothers. I think they're wonderful. I think the left just just hates them just because they're rich and because they have a a different political ideology because they cannot stand the uh, any sort of dissenting thought, any sort of dissenting ideology, um, but and, and and this just goes to show you how how detrimental that is to to their own causes, even because they could really be be winning on a lot of these issues. The first and most uh, obvious, and really, I think the coolest issue that that they chose to uh, champion, because this is one that could easily, easily. Uh, when in Congress, if they actually wanted to put it up, maybe not in Congress, I shouldn't say in Congress, but in, in state legislatures and certainly uh, among activists and across uh, partisan lines. But this is a truly bipartisan issue, and that is, of course, with criminal justice reform. Even the president himself spoke during the State of the Union um, about prison reform, and that is unheard of from from any president, let alone a Republican president, a a Republican president who is supposed to be like tough on crime and and everything. Now he did kind of put his foot in his mouth once he started talking about drugs and the opioid crisis. But again, if you wanna if you wanna see my thoughts on that, just just go look at my Twitter feed from last night. Um, but for for the Cokes, they have really championed and really. Um, made the Republican Party and conservative activists the base. This is this is where they get their their power from. Is is the conservative base? They have really influenced and sharpened 
and changed the way a lot of the conservatives in the movement, the, the base, the activists, they have changed the way many of them ha have, have looked at criminal justice reform and their sort of tough-on-crime approach. Now, they're certainly not the only ones. There are people like Rand Paul. There are people like Mike Lee, who is just phenomenal, both of them, but especially Mike Lee, because he's not as libertarian as, as Rand Paul. You can kind of expect it from Paul or or or, uh, or Thomas Massey or, or Justin Amash. Um, but with Mike Lee, this is one of easily his best... Uh, uh, one of his best uh, issues that that he is on outside of the norm of conservatism, uh, criminal justice reform. Charles Koch, both both Koch brothers, highly support reforming criminal justice reform, but not just in the sense of the way the president talked last night or the way many Republicans talk about it. While it's a step in the right direction, some of them will just talk about rehabilitation or they'll talk about uh, just just tidbits of of the issue and without actually hitting it at its core um whereas the Koch brothers they understand the entire issue they don't just advocate for rehabilitation they don't just advocate for um ending the drug war they don't just advocate for ending mandatory minimums they don't just advocate for um you know just just fill in the blank whatever whatever side issue to the greater picture of criminal justice reform is. They advocate for the entire thing and know that you cannot have one without the other. I, I want to read, uh, read a, a piece by uh, Charles Koch in, the, in Politico, of, <laughs> surprising enough, and he, he wrote a piece back in 2015 about criminal justice reform and how, and it's, it's titled the over criminalization of America. I'm going to be linking this into the show notes so you can, so you can read it for yourself. Cause I'm just going to be reading an excerpt of this, but I think this is really, um, really incredible. And it shows how well, uh, Charles Koch specifically, but both the Koch brothers, um, uh, because they're very similar in, in, in this agreement how both of them really understand the issue at hand and how it is dividing us in race relations. It is trapping people in poverty. Once they go to jail, they will never, never get out. I shouldn't say never because anything can happen, but it is incredibly, incredibly unlikely that they will ever exit uh, their poverty trap. Most people who go to jail are already stuck in poverty. Most people who go to jail is just over drug offenses or something that does not violate uh, life or limb or property. Let me read this. Uh, let me read this excerpt to you. Charles says, "Reversing overcriminalization of mass incarceration will improve societal well-being in many respects, most notably." By decreasing poverty. Today, approximately 50 million people, about 14% of the population, are at or below the U.S. poverty rate. Fix our criminal justice system, fixing, excuse me, fixing our criminal justice system could reduce the overall poverty rate as much as 30%, dramatically improving the quality of life throughout society, especially for the disadvantaged. 
This I think is really important because it shows much. It shows the the deep complexity in which he understands the criminal uh, justice uh, issue, the the issue as a whole of criminal justice system. It's not just libertarians will like to talk about this from a liberty perspective, and it is. Nobody should be going to jail over a plant. Certainly not for twenty five years, especially if if uh, if if you're in a, a bad neighborhood, you're much more likely to, to get caught with marijuana or even cocaine um, than you are in some rich white neighborhood. That is that's it's just statistically a fact. What Charles understands about this is it's more than just it's more than just liberty. It's more than just that. It has ramifications to society as a whole. The more we criminalize things, the more that we criminalize things that should honestly not be criminalized, the worse off we're making society. The worse off we are harming the least among us. Because these are the kind of people who are going to get mixed up in this for whatever reason, either through depression or, uh, or through um, just the culture surrounding them. Because poverty welcomes these kind of things. He understands that this is much more than just the surface issue of, yeah, you shouldn't go to go to jail, especially for, for 25, 30 years over a plant. Anybody who's a principled liberal, anyone who, like Bernie Sanders, anyone who, like Elizabeth Warren, they should rejoice over the fact that somebody who they think they hate so much is championing, uh, championing this cause so well with such a deep understanding of the issues at hand. Now, I will give some some credit here. Uh, the likes of, of people who are very, very deep liberals on on borderline of, uh, I would say, I would say socialist, like Van Jones has has kind of swallowed his pride almost and said, you know what, I completely support this because van jones is great on criminal justice issues he really is i mean he's horrible on anything concerning economics or anything like that but as far as criminal justice goes uh, i think he's he's really good on this and he has swallowed his pride on this uh, and said you know what the Koch brothers i i may have vilified them in the past but they are absolutely right and i am i am willing to stand with anybody which this is the approach that anybody, regardless of your political ideology, should take. I'm willing to stand with you on areas that I agree with you. And this area just so happens to be one of the most important areas that I can agree with you. So I'm proud to stand with you. Now that's not exactly word for word with what he said, but but you understand you get the you get the gist of it. You get you understand uh, uh, what he was he was basically saying. That is the kind of approach that we should all be taking. Not enough people on the left seem to understand, or even, I, I doubt that even that many people on the left even know that the Koch brothers are so adamant about promoting criminal justice reform. But it's more than just words. It's more than just pinning an article in Politico, even though that is, is uh, something to be commended. Um, the Kochs put their money where their mouth is, quite literally. You see... David and Charles launched uh, just uh, just this year, actually launched um, 
a $4 million project called Safe Streets and Second Chances. It aims to target uh, states and reform policy from hardline criminal law to prioritize rehabilitation and end over-criminalization. This is something that I think is the most incredible about their stance on criminal justice reform. They're not just going to talk about it to a bunch of Republicans and try to say, guys, you got to do this. You got to, you know, you got to support this. They are actually putting their money toward making society a better place, toward rehabilitating people victimized by the criminal justice, uh, by the criminal justice state, the current criminal justice state. I don't like to use the word victimized a lot of times um, because you are responsible for your own actions. But when the state criminalizes you over actions that you should be taking responsibility for yourself, not not put in jail over it, but just let uh, let the sequence of events, let the chips fall where they may, that is taking responsibility. Putting people in jail over something like that is not taking responsibility. You are removing their responsibility from them because you think you can do better than they can. You think that you can take care of them better than they can, so thus you ruin their lives by putting them in jail. The Koch brothers are um, are adamantly against this, and they're putting their money where their mouth is, and lobbying, this is my favorite part, not Congress, the states. The states. If you if you go back and listen to just a few just a couple weeks ago, I had an entire episode with uh, Mike Meharry of the Tenth Amendment Center uh, about how how at the state level that is where we can get some of the biggest changes to occur, even on areas that we don't typically think of at first. But this is an obvious area. Criminal justice reform is probably the quickest thing that we can we can change at the state level because if you wait for Congress to do something, it's never going to happen unless that change happens locally first. I highly recommend you go back and, and listen to, to that episode um, as well because there's a lot of good information that you can do at your state or local level um, that I had never even considered some of some of the things. So um, but moving on, criminal justice reform, I think, is probably the best area that the Koch brothers are on, on somewhat mildly to extremely liberal policies, um, which I don't, I don't think of policies as conservative or liberal so much as there are, there certainly are more uh, liberals who support criminal justice reform than conservatives, but policies are just policy. They can be pro-liberty or anti-liberty, um, but policies are just that, policies. Uh, but for the sake of this, um, this is something that obviously liberals could could champion alongside with the Koch brothers, and I don't understand why more liberals aren't doing that. Probably for, for name recognition and, and, uh, and political vulnerability, especially in this election year. Uh, the second thing that I think the Koch brothers are just fantastic on is a sober foreign policy. Uh, the, the, the Koch brothers are far, far from the, the Bush era, Cheney era, um, uh, Bill Crystal Weekly Standard kind of interventionists uh, that for years and years has just had a stronghold on the Republican Party, which has not always been the case. Um, Ron Paul has talked about this, certainly during his presidential debates, so has Rand Paul. 
the GOP is traditionally a party of non-interventionists, not hawks. But as of late, um, the, the GOP has been overrun with neocons. But not the Koch brothers. Not the Koch brothers. The Koch brothers are very much in favor of a sound and sober foreign policy and understands the importance of free trade and diplomacy and the impacts that those two things can have on your foreign policy. It's more than just blowing shit up. That It's more important. Foreign policy is much more than just dropping a few bombs or, having, or sending some troops into some foreign land. The Koch brothers understand this. And if I were a liberal in 2005, I would be begging the Koch brothers to to get behind. If I was a, a liberal in 2005 or six, running for, for Congress or Senate, I would be, be lobbying the Koch brothers to try to get them to back me because that would be the issue of the day, would be the war. Where are the liberals? Where are the anti-war left? Where, where are they? Where have they gone? Do you really want Trump to have that much executive power? That you're not even willing to work with people who you think are so just disgusting and evil? Which one is it? You have to, you have to choose because if you think Trump is evil, then you should be working with the Koch brothers to limit his power, especially in regards to foreign policy. If you think the Koch brothers are evil, then you have no problem with Trump having as much uh, executive power and, and honestly unconstitutional power to declare war and drop bombs wherever and whenever he wishes. But you can't have both because the Koch brothers are starchly against Trump dropping more bombs than President Obama or getting in more wars than President Bush. Um, both of which, you know, we're, we're supposed to believe Bush was the neocon of the day, yet Obama and Trump both uh, have expanded and doubled down on everything that Bush had. Which is it? Which is it? If you go to the foreign policy section of the Charles Koch Institute, um, it speaks of placing peace and diplomacy first, not military might that is an important distinction in today's political climate even even um right now in the current republican party who yeah it's a little bit less you know it's a, it's a little bit less interventionist uh, than it was in the bush years uh, the party as a whole because there's this notion around america first there's this notion around um uh uh, you know, cutting aid to Pakistan and cutting aid to these foreign countries that hate us. Some of those things I really agree with, but but the problem with America First is, is that it it removes the entirety of 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 the uh, of the foreign trades that we should be getting into. We should be encouraging free trade. We should be encouraging uh, uh, open conversations with with different nations, even those like North Korea. We should be encouraging diplomacy what we should not be doing is 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 dropping bombs on on random countries just because we think that isis might be there we think that um, we might have the opportunity to get the other hand when congress has made no declaration of war whatsoever in the countries that we're operating in that's the kind of thing that the Koch brothers believe in is 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 not supporting um any sort of unconstitutional actions on their website, 
uh, it, from in their foreign policy section, it reads, A sound foreign policy should emphasize the uh, free trade and diplomacy as well as a strong military. And policymakers must be mindful of the unintended consequences of using force. This is what we in libertarian circles would call blowback. This is uh, that every, or even, even in scientific circles, every um, action has an equal and opposite reaction. For some reason, the right doesn't understand this in foreign policy. For some reason, the left doesn't understand this in uh, economics or even uh, foreign policy sometimes <laughs> because when you're big government, you're big government to the end regardless of, of the rhetoric that you put out. Uh, the Charles Koch Institute in 2017 announced an initiative. Here we go again with, with the action above the words. Uh, announced an initiative to promote a larger debate of America's role in the world from foreign policy. Doing this, they have already given uh, $10 million in grants to universities to broaden the foreign policy narratives and challenge them in debates. Not just America is, is the policeman of the world or America has this role and this role and this role to do. In an era of Trump, this should be music to the left's ears. These are the kind of things that the left should rally behind. I have no problem with working with Bernie Sanders or people like Bernie Sanders, his, his supporters, his followers, on issues that I disagree with. I don't think, or on, excuse me, on issues that I agree with them on. I don't think that they are in the same boat as I am with that. I don't think that uh, that the left wants to work with anybody on really anything. They think that they alone, even on areas like legalizing marijuana, or even on areas like criminal justice reform, or foreign policy, even on those kind of areas, I don't think that they really want to work with people who share their ideological nature but have different political leanings. Share the nature that, that, that we shouldn't be forcing ourselves on to all these different uh, regions of the world. For the past 20 years, that has been a leftist narrative. Maybe not historically, maybe not in the history of both parties, but for the past 20 years, the left has been the anti-war party. Why isn't it? Why isn't it now? Why won't they work with the people who agree with them on this? The other thing is that uh, is that they are incredibly, and this is something else that they should just love, they are incredibly against corporate welfare, um, and they are very anti-Fed. Now, the Fed part, they might, they might go back and forth on. Um, but for those who are, are the ideologues in, in the left, not necessarily uh, the Hillary Clintons or the Bill Clintons or, or uh, any of the establishment types in, in the Democratic Party, but the, the true believers of the cause, the true liberals, they should love this um, because why should big corporations, why should big businesses get a break from the government when uh, mom and pop shops have to go week to week, paycheck to paycheck, not even knowing if they can support their own uh, businesses or their own families? 
This is something that you would think the left would support. Uh, Charles Koch told 2016 presidential GOP candidates uh, in 2015 to unite on ending corporate welfare. This is a very, very big point um, that he is making to the Republican Party. Misguided policies, uh, this is, this is uh, him, him, a quote from, from Charles Koch. Uh, misguided policies are creating a permanent underclass, crippling our economy, and corrupting the business community. He also called out the Federal Reserve, calling big banks bad actors and have accepted bailouts, that is the, the big banks, not, not Charles Kirk, or uh, Charles uh, uh, Koch, uh, calling big banks bad actors, and the banks have accepted bailouts and virtual free money from the Federal Reserve. The Koch brothers have long lobbied the GOP to end welfare for the wealthy, to include in what would be a definition of bailout subsidies and special government treatment to certain larger businesses and corporations. This is something that I, as a libertarian, strongly believe because no business should receive any money. And in a totally free market, that is what should happen. No business anywhere, whether it be small or large, should ever receive government handouts for anything the left even though they might they might agree that some people and some small businesses should receive some handouts like that they should rally behind um what charles Koch is saying and what they believe as libertarians they should rally behind ending corporate welfare with them because of how anti-big business and anti-big corporation they claim to be. Now, <laughs> if you listened to last week's episode on monopolies, you will see why that's not actually the case. They're not actually really anti-big business or anti-corporation. And the people, the the liberal business owners and the liberal millionaires and billionaires who support raising their taxes they're not doing that genuinely they're they don't support that genuinely just out of the goodness of their heart because then you know mom and pop can get a break no of course they don't because they know that if you raise their taxes they can handle it and this is sort of a form of corporate welfare if if you look at it this way because this is giving businesses a hand up the bigger businesses, when they don't need it. They can survive a tax hike. You know who cannot survive a tax hike? The people right there on the line, right there on the threshold, their competition, their up-and-comers who are just about to, to break or have just broken that million-dollar threshold and might see a uh, an increase in their taxes. Those people would be crippled. Those are the competition. Those people would be crippled by um, the the kind of tax increases that these people are suggesting, and the left either doesn't understand this 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 fact or they don't care. Some, I believe, they have good intentions and they just don't understand it. Others, I really don't think they care, especially those um, among the establishment types like Hillary Clinton or Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, now. I think the most, probably the most um, 
Well, let me just say this. This is <laughs> this is the most ironic part is that they don't really care. Liberals don't really care about money and politics. They don't. They really don't. They only care about money and politics when the money in politics is going toward a cause or a candidate or a person uh, or a campaign or a pact, uh, a pack, I should say, that they don't like. That's what they don't. That's that's what they don't want. They cannot stand dissent. That is the underlying reason why liberals hate the Koch brothers. I say that because the uh, the last point that I want to touch on here, and this isn't really an ideological um, perspective, rather a a perspective of consistency. If you hate the Koch brothers so much, why not for for all the money that they give to these GOP candidates and campaigns and causes and and all of this? Why is it that the Koch brothers are such a small, small uh, contribution to to campaigns from millionaires, billionaires, big corporations, big um, big uh, nonprofits who give out uh, large sums of, of money? Why is that? Well, I can tell you why. It's because of the reasons I just outlined for you. They're hardly the most uh, money in politics, the Koch brothers. You, if you would listen to Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, you would believe that the Koch brothers have single-handedly put, placed every single Republican without any grassroots support whatsoever into Congress. If you listen to them, that's what you would believe. Never mind the fact that a liberal organization like the Tides Foundation, for example, they have put over $143.5 million in donations in 2010 into uh, political contributions. Meanwhile, three, three Koch uh, foundations combined put a combined uh, estimate of $25.4 million in donations to uh, in with with political contributions. For a, for a breakdown for you, in, in case that's not a big enough gap, for every one Coke grant that that is given, there are five grants from the Tides Foundation. That's only one organization, just one, between labor unions who are Apparently, the left only hates corporations whenever they they give uh, political contributions because labor unions, oh my gosh, you know, they can give as much as they want. Uh, liberal corporations, liberal billionaires, which there are far more of them than there are conservatives uh, because they love government. They use the government to their benefit. It's obvious why there are so many liberal billionaires because of what I was just talking about with, with corporate welfare. Um, and the vast majority of rich people donate to liberal campaigns. That is a fact. Most uh, most Republican campaigns, and there's obviously some variation and some differences between establishment Republicans and more Tea Party or libertarian-leaning Republicans. There are obviously some, some differences between them, but overall... Uh, the the vast majority of campaign contributions there go to uh, liberal campaigns from liberal 
billionaires and, and just wealthy people in general. That is a fact. The left does not care about uh, finance reform. I, I really campaign finance reform. I really don't believe that. I really do not believe that they do. They care about having billionaires, having rich people donate to their causes. They don't like any form of dissent, and they don't think their ideas can hold up in the marketplace of ideas. That's what they believe. So they have to use the force of government. They have to use the um, they have to use the overwhelming power of of the government to rein in campaign contributions and rein in rich people. So that way, Republicans or just anybody with any sort of free market principles or free market ideas. Uh, and again, I'm not a Republican. <laughs> like I have no ties to the Republican Party. It does me no good to to promote the Republican Party. But the left is just ideologically dishonest when it comes to when it comes to campaign finances, when it comes to billionaires donating their money. And this isn't about Republican versus Democrat. This is honestly about is your money your property? If it's your property, you should be able to do with it with what you want. And the left does not believe that. That's what this is about. This is about property rights, honestly, not uh, political contributions. I could give a I could give a flying crap about who a certain rich person um, gives their gives their money to. If if the left only cared about uh, rich people giving campaign contributions, Bernie Sanders would never um, accept a donation from or a or an endorsement from Ben and Jerry's. He would never accept that. Because rich people should never have that kind of an influence in politics, right? Wrong. It shows their utter hypocrisy whenever uh, whenever something like that comes out, whenever something like that happens. Because they're not authentic or they have just, uh, at least those at the top are not authentic. And those who, who actually believe, they have never made those, I, I really don't think they've ever made those kind of intellectual um, consistent connections because so many people in their movement denounce dissent. They will not have any form of dissent. This is why freedom of speech is so important. This is why ideological consistency and critical thinking is so important because if the left, if so many people in the left actually knew uh, what the Koch brothers actually stood for, and the kind of causes that they're that they're championing, obviously they wouldn't support all of them. There are many things about free markets and capitalism that they would obviously not support. But if they understood what they they are championing and understood that they are taking just as much money from from rich people that their candidates are um, than uh, than the right is, in fact, more money. Then we can have an open and honest discussion. Then we can have an open and honest debate. And I really don't think as many people would be leftists if we had that debate. Of course, that's what terrifies them. Because any sort of critical thinking creates dissent within your own party. Now, Republicans are guilty of this too, but uh, on, on many different fronts. 
That, ladies and gentlemen, is our episode on the Koch brothers. I might do a follow-up episode on this um, at some point in the in the in the future. Not not anytime soon. Um, but there are other liberal causes that obviously the Koch brothers support because they're libertarian, because they actually believe in in liberty, not just some some GOP dogma. And that's what makes them so great. Not to mention all the all the uh, charitable contributions that they make and, and everything like that. Uh, but we can we can get into that later. Thank you so much once again. Thank you so much for joining us here on this episode of Liberty today. Um, I thoroughly enjoy your audience, and I thoroughly thank you for uh, your your ears for lending me your ears. Uh, and and listening to to this programming, of course, sharing it. So a few programming notes. As I said last week, if you haven't listened to last week, please go back and listen to it. We did a fantastic episode on monopolies and the myths surrounding that. Um, but if you haven't listened to last week's episode, the announcement that we made at the end of the program is is going to be one of the coolest guests that we have ever had on this program is coming on next week. Actually, it's this week, but uh, it's going to be released next week <laughs> um, because I'm, I'm probably speaking with him uh, whenever this episode that I'm recording right now is released. But next week for February 8th, John Stossel, the former Fox business host, he was a consumer reporter at ABC, and now he's at Reason. And there's several uh, videos there at Reason. Um, John Stossel, so one of my one of my libertarian heroes, is coming here on Liberty. We're going to have a sit down with him, a chat for an exclusive interview that will be around 40, 45 minutes. Um, and there's there's no there's no limits on what we can cover. So it's going to be a very good episode that you will want to listen to. Uh, and also, as I said last week, please support us on Patreon. We we have a Patreon now. Um, we have a lot of things in store. As I said at, at the beginning of this program, we have a lot of things in store for you uh, throughout the rest of the year, especially around the fall. Just a little hint. Um, and we would love your support. We would love to have your support to make some of our visions and our dreams and our realities, uh, or excuse me, our our uh, our just our, our dreams and visions become realities. So please, if if you can find it in your in your heart, or if you just believe in the mission that we are creating, please considering uh, supporting us on Patreon. Um, as I said last week, also we will be doing a President's Day special, and that will be on Teddy Roosevelt because I think there is a lot of uh, my my favorite thing to do is just kind of ruin some people's notions because one of the one of the first things something um uh Tom Woods says often uh we we had him on obviously at the end of last year uh, something that he says often is that one of the first things that you realize whenever you become a libertarian is that all these presidents that you think you're supposed to like in reality they're terrible they're just awful they're awful, awful people, but we're supposed to like them because some because they accumulated power and expanded the executive and was presidential. So uh, that's supposed to be a, a good thing in in the in the books of of the academics and the educators. 
so we're going to be deconstructing the myths and, and exposing the realities behind Theodore Roosevelt and why he was really not a person that uh, anybody who actually loves liberty should support. Um, and then, of course, we will be at Students for Liberty's LibertyCon in March. So if you will be in D.C. for LibertyCon uh, during that weekend, we will be doing um, an exclusive interview there with uh, with Students for Liberty's current CEO. Um, so we will re be recording from LibertyCon. And if you're going to be there, just uh, just search out for me. I, I will be walking around the streets of D.C. during during those days. Uh, and, of course, subscribe to us on iTunes, so that way you will never miss an episode or an update. Uh, that way, it, it that honestly helps us out the most. So if, if you can, please subscribe to us, um, and you'll, you'll get this notification for the show every single week uh, as it's released. And be sure to follow me on Twitter, at KidFriends. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter, at MillLiberty. And until next week, until uh, until you hear from us again with when John Stossel joins us next week, we'll see you.